Welcome to the Coach's Nook, your weekly boost of coaching caffeine. I'm Anna Maria. I'm Vicenta. We are two certified professional coaches who are passionate about helping people move towards the life that they want to lead. Every episode, we'll be sharing practical tools and techniques that are easy enough to implement right away so you can experience the impact of coaching for yourself. Grab your favorite drink and join us for the conversation. Today's episode will discuss something that average adults does 35,000 times a day, remotely in our subconscious. The answer is decision making. Just by that fact alone, learning how to make decisions, whether big or small, is important. This episode will concentrate on the bigger decisions that we make during the day versus a smaller decision such as deciding whether to buy a coffee or not on our way to work. During the podcast, we're going to talk about types of decisions we make, how values impact our decisions. We're going to give you a couple of methods to use to help you make a decision and also give you a tool called the decision journal. And finally, we will give you some examples on decisions we have made. So Vicenta will now start us off with the different types of decisions. It's best not to make a decision in the heat of the moment because when we are emotional, we're not thinking straight. And those emotions of anger, fear, resentment drains our energy and and that energy is required to make a good decision. It's best to make an important decision when we're calm and we've explored some of our options and we'll be providing a couple of methods as Anna Maria mentioned already. So that is the conscious decision versus fear-based decision. Basically, conscious decision means that we are completely aware of what we're doing rather than making a decision based on fear or emotion. Anna Maria? Yes, I have a perfect example of a conscious decision versus a fear-based decision. Back in March, I had a decision whether I wanted to go back into full-time corporate HR And I made a conscious decision to start my own coaching business, dedicate my time to building this business. On the contrary of that conscious decision, if it was a fear-based decision, I most likely would have went back to the senior HR role, given the financial uh, stability, the salary that I was making as a director. Also, it would have impacted my lifestyle change of not pursuing what I love to do, and that's my coaching. So the conscious decision, coach full-time, better lifestyle versus 
the fear base to get me back into senior HR role because of the financial stability. Thank you, Anna Maria. That's a great example of conscious-based versus fear-based um, decision. That also is a great segue into discussing how values impact our decisions. We are happiest with decisions that align with our values. And in your case, Anna Maria, you wanted a lifestyle change where you could have more time for your family and your coaching business. And I know that you had mentioned before that the best part of your HR position was the times you got to coach. Absolutely. I really enjoyed coaching the employees, managers, leaders, so that they could reach their full potential. Also, how to deal with a, a difficult situation, and I truly, truly did enjoy that part. Yeah. We often make decisions based on what we value. For example, whether it be money, connection, fun. These are just three examples that I'm throwing out there. And we'll often make a decision based on a particular value or a set of values. For me, I remember in our last weekend training of coaching, one of our fellow coaches actually from out of town had organized a little dinner out. And gosh, I was really torn uh, between going and connecting with my fellow coaches outside of the training and going home right after the training to be with my aunt who had stayed with me that weekend for, for a family reason. And my top values in this case, or rather my top values in general, are connection and family. And you know, Anna Maria, there was this bit of inner conflict. I wanted to connect with my fellow coaches. We had such an amazing time in our coach training. In fact, I know you and I will talk about it once in a while about how amazing our training was. So I wanted to connect. And yet I had my aunt waiting for me at home. So I finally made the decision to go home. And that evening, it turned out to be so wonderful because my aunt, who's the eldest of five, shared all sorts of things about our family history, my great-grandparents, my grandparents. And I got so much out of that evening with my aunt sitting at the kitchen table and her retelling our family history. And so although initially there was this pang of missing out with my fellow coaches, I really, really treasure that time that I had with my aunt. So this is just a simple example of how we make decisions based on values. The next thing we're going to talk about is one of the tools we have. Anna Maria, do you want to speak about the first tool we have on decision-making? Yes, I will. The decision-making tool that I'm going to be speaking about was designed by Forrest and Company, and this tool makes up part of their effective thinking suite that they teach. 
So this particular tool has seven steps, and I'm going to walk you through each of them. So the first step is purpose. So write down one or two very clear sentences that define the decision that you're trying to reach. What goal will this decision impact? The second step is criteria. And what that is is a listing of the must and the want. So the decisions you make should have the musts that you find are very, very important to your decision. And the wants distinguish a good decision from an adequate decision. So when you identify the wants, be sure to clarify which want is more important than the other. So that will help in your process of elimination. The next step is the criteria that the decision has to satisfy is very important when you're looking at your options. So think of three or four options that meet your why or your purpose. And then you look to the musts and wants. How do they measure up to the must and wants? And ask yourself, did you consider all the options? The next step would be to gather information about your options. And the reason behind this is it'll help you evaluate if your options are the right ones. And only consider gathering relevant information. You don't want to go on a spree and over-research. Just information that are relevant to these options. The next step, evaluate your options against your musts and wants. And that's using the information you gathered. Again, if the option doesn't satisfy a must, Get rid of it. Always keep in mind the purpose and your why. And why are you trying to make this decision? And the next one is the risk. Develop a series of what-if scenarios that may happen in the future that are going to impact the decisions being made. And the last one, the seventh one, is decide. So to recap, it's purpose, criteria, options, information gathering, evaluation, risk assessment, and decision. Wow, this is a really great tool to use. I think I do this already in my head, but I think writing it out on paper would be very useful going forward. In the past, I think I've omitted one or two of these steps, and it has cost me in the sense that I didn't take into consideration some of the musts and wants, and therefore my decision didn't really satisfy my purpose. I think going forward, though, I'll, I'll keep this tool in mind for big decisions. So thank you for that, Anna Maria. On to the next tool. Okay, the next tool 
is very popular, and that's creating a pros and cons list. So the benefits of a pros and cons list is that it can help speed up a decision-making process. It helps you improve the understanding you have of the situation. And it also helps you avoid that decision-making paralysis. You know when you have a decision to make and you, you're always, okay, thinking about it. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? I don't know if I should do this or that. So that helps in making it easier. And it also helps us to see our choices objectively and mitigate the emotions or gut feel you may have. But sometimes your gut is the check and balance in regards to the decision you're making. So don't totally disregard your gut. Yes. Sometimes going with your gut is so important. Like I mentioned in a previous podcast where I got this inclination to visit my sick aunt who had been diagnosed with cancer. And it was so clear to me at the time, my gut was telling me to go and visit her. So it's really important not to disregard or discredit our, our gut feeling because I'm so glad that I did go and visit her because had I waited, it would have been too late. Well, Vicenta, that's a great example of what role your gut and intuition played in the decision to go see your aunt before she passed away. Excellent, excellent example. Thank you, Anna Maria. I'm really happy I made that decision. I feel very much at peace with that. So now that we've given a couple of tools, here's something else that we can use. And that is a decision journal. This journal allows us to test the quality of our decision by how well we use the process. The decision journal was actually created by a psychologist, Dr. Daniel Kahneman, and he's very well known in the field of psychology and economics. Dr. Kahneman suggests getting a notebook and to start keeping track of our decisions. It's good to write down what you expect to happen, why, and then how you feel about the situation, both physically and even emotionally. So when you're deciding, really be aware of what you're feeling and physically feeling and emotionally feeling. Also, you can do this once you have made a decision and keep track of it and revisit the journal on a regular basis. I should also emphasize that writing it down helps tremendously because it gets the thoughts out of your head and it's easier to decipher thoughts in paper. So try it out and see if it really works. Anna Maria? Also, I'd like to add that a decision journal helps you collect accurate and honest feedback on what you were thinking at the time you made the decision. So this feedback helps you distinguish any thinking patterns or thoughts you may have going into making the decision. 
And this will lead to mindfulness and making more conscious decisions in the future, which is what we really want to do. Yes. And the journal is basically a quality control function where we revisit decisions, realize where we made perhaps a poor decision or one that didn't serve us, where it's also a place where we can improve and, and how we can make better decisions in the future by identifying areas for improvement. If you find thinking patterns that don't serve you and feel stuck about getting out of those patterns, then consider hiring a coach. Excellent idea. <laughs> Hire a coach. So just to recap on making decisions, we talked about different types, how our values impact our decisions. We gave you a couple of methods. We also talked about a decision journal to help provide feedback. And we gave you some examples of decisions we made. So hopefully you can apply a tool or two and maybe even start a journal to help improve your decision making. And our next topic for our next podcast will be a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Thank you so much for listening to The Coach's Nook with me, Anna Maria. And me, Vicenta. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and share it with your family and friends. And if you want more information or to schedule a private coaching session with either one of us, please check the show notes on how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Remember, never lose sight of where you want to be, which leads me to a quote from an unknown author that we both love. Hold the vision, trust the process. Until next time.